0: For me as a kid, I didn't ever what drove me in life and still does to this day was security. I didn't ever want to go back to that background of struggling for money.
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with Matt and Liz Radd who for the past 12 years have bought and sold online real estate. They are experts in buying, selling and renovating websites as well as businesses worth up to $20 million. You will learn exactly how Matt and Liz rat right have generated millions of dollars just by using the internet. Matt and Liz Rad share with us how they have created a unique source of income for themselves. Not only are they accomplished online entrepreneurs, but also make time to help others increase their business value.
0: What we spend most of our time on these days is buying and selling websites. We're online entrepreneurs, but we also do a whole range of investing, but particularly for the last 10 years we've bought and sold websites.
2: So online businesses and... um,
0: Virtual real estate,
1: I
2: guess. Yeah, we we look at it as virtual real estate.
1: The talented couple delve into a typical day in their lives revolving around their online business to maintain and continue their success.
2: First of all, we're we're looking for deals, of course. So our, our skill and our talent is valuing things, valuing business, valuing online business. So we're looking through the marketplace all the time to find businesses that are ideally um, undervalued. So we're always looking for, for, we we very much use that property strategy of buying, good buy, renovate, and then hold for cash flow or sell at a higher price. So we're looking for deals, but...
0: Well, so I guess our day-to-day main activities are the renovating side of our websites if we're working on them with our team. So basically, and what that involves is upgrading or getting new content onto the website in, in a yes. very simplistic essence. That's basically what we're, we're trying to do when we're renovating these websites.
2: We're improving them and yeah, getting more content onto them.
1: The couple go on to explain how the online business world has significantly changed with time as businesses now are truly valued. What we've seen
0: over the last 10 years, Tyrone, is really interesting. It is now... Uh, When we first started people didn't really view websites as a true asset and it's interesting over this journey definitely now in the year 2020 they are definitely viewed as a highly valuable asset and they are real even though we refer to it as virtual real estate people are starting to realize these things have have got the same value literally as a physical property or a physical bricks and mortar business and particularly in the current environment so for us and all our clients, anyone online and all our friends who are online, whilst it's challenging times, none of us are feeling the effects of it as much as what you're seeing people out there with PAYG jobs and stuff like that because we all operate online already.
1: Before plunging into how the Rad duel found themselves into the real estate world, the two talk about their upbringing.
2: Well, our story is so together because we've been together since we were in our 20s.
0: But I will
1: start...
2: Yeah.
0: It, it is a very similar story because both of us grew up on farms and I was destined, I guess, to be a farmer or uh, but
2: something agricultural.
0: something agricultural. But it was interesting back then in 1987 when I finished up school, there was a really bad recession here in Australia and it really hit all us farmers and, and um, so I decided, no, there's no money in that, and um, went on my own merry way. <laughs> and then I guess we met. So I moved into Sydney, I left home as soon as I finished year 12, moved into Sydney and my background, what's important, uh, what drives me, I came from a very poor background even though uh, mum and dad were farmers, dad was a farm manager, he, we didn't own the farm so we never really had that much money, things were really tough and I guess in my childhood I remember I, I, my family come from very working class background uh, and you know, rich people were were looked down upon, or, or and so it was tough that side. And for me, as a kid, I didn't ever what drove me in life, and still does to this day, was security. I didn't ever want to go back to that background of struggling for money, and I was looking for ways to become wealthy or or and have money. And so for me, business was the, was the way.
2: Well, although you did do a good version to start with, because the way we met was yep. um, both of us, I. I far from farm as well and we both did zoology at uni so our actual qualifications are zoologists <laughs> very helpful very helpful in the world of digital marketing um so yes, and we were we experts actually,
0: in red kangaroos tyrone that was what we we did our honors in
2: and um and actually we met interestingly uh we met because matt couldn't use computers and <laughs> he would copied my assignment
1: when you said you both um, were both raised up on the farm, was it in uh, New South Wales or in a different state that you both came from originally?
2: Yeah, I'm from the Snowy Mountains and Matt's from the Southern Highlands.
1: What's the difference between the two, like in terms of the farming and what kind of agriculture did you learn from there?
2: In my area, there was a lot of orchard. I was near Batlow, the little town that actually was terribly burnt and it's really, really sad, but lots of orcharding and um, some cropping, but a lot of sheep and cattle too, sheep.
0: And for me, I grew up on... The world's largest chicken farm <laughs> and 400 head of Hereford. Four,
2: 400 head of chicken. No, 400
0: <laughs> Hereford cattle as well. Yeah, so that's my background. Chicken farming. To zoology, studying red kangaroos, yep. to To then business.
2: So that was the thing. Like in the end, not it was more Matt rather than me actually, but he was so driven to do something. And we wanted to earn money from being back out in the country. And for most people who graduate zoology, you need to work, you don't actually work in a zoo generally, <laughs> you do research yeah. and you do things like that. But Mood's usually based in a city at a university, and that's not how we wanted to be. You always had to scrounge for money because you had to get grants, and it was always a struggle. And so both of us wanted to do something different. So we decided, we. I don't know what took it upon us, but we found this little business and we bought it. and and learn
1: from there Looking back on their journey the couple explained why zoology interested them in the first place
0: I wanting to get into the rural side either a farmer or become a vet that was always a classic one back when in my days um, I just didn't get the marks in school in my HSC and I, my mum luckily said to me when I first left school. I actually did a trade in in um, Sydney uh, on the dockyards in electronics. And what happened there was I wasn't happy because it was it wasn't nine till five. I was they paid for me to go to TAFE and study, and I was working on big ships and stuff like that, and it all looked exciting, but it didn't really interest me. It wasn't my thing, and so I accepted a redundancy payment, a, a back. Um, basically I had the option to uh, take a redundancy payment and my mum gave me some really good advice. She said, look, follow your heart. You're young, you're you're not attached to anything. You've always wanted to go to uni and you want to figure out how to make money. You don't know how to do this yet. So just follow your heart and go to uni. And that's what I did. And I didn't get the marks to do anything other than science. And I I always had a big interest in zoology. So as a kid growing up on the farm, Literally every weekend and every afternoon, I was out in the bush uh, looking at animals and trees and things like that. I just absolutely loved it. So I just followed my heart, and it worked. Got to meet Liz; it was yeah. awesome.
1: I love that story. And Liz, what about yourself?
2: I think I'm I'm the same. I was always fascinated in nature. I I loved being. I live my life outside. I'm I've, I'm fascinated about how things work, and I think that captured me. I just wanted to figure things out and find out more about the world.
1: After meeting each other, falling in love and studying zoology, the Radjil continued their journey together through business.
2: No, we bought that little business. and um,
1: Basically, it was a manufacturing
0: business and it made, you'll find this really interesting, it sounds bizarre, but we follow these bizarre paths in lives I'm realizing now, but we made brush cutter heads. So, you know whippersnippers when people cut their lawns with whippersnippers? You know the little plastic heads that go on the end?
1: Oh, yes, yes.
0: We yep. made those back in the day when Australia still had a manufacturing industry. <laughs> yeah. And we we didn't realise it, but that business was about to go bust. And our accountant at the time said, This is an okay business. No one could tell us how to value a business. So we had no idea what we're doing. And we bought this with borrowed money and all that sort of stuff. And we Pretty soon after getting into it, we had no idea. We're totally self-taught on business. We had to start reading business books and sales books because we pretty quickly realised uh, we're going to go bankrupt here. And it was a small business and we just got in though and luckily we read some of the right books all about sales and we, we realised we can turn this thing around real quick if we can just sell heaps because we knew nothing else about business. So we just had to learn all the classic sales things off um, Tommy Hopkins, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, and luckily we were able to hold it together, and then we built it up. It was as hard slog. As it's a manufacturing business, and we were. It was unique too. We used to outsource all the manufacture. We didn't own all the the tooling and everything like that. We just outsourced all that to factories in the western suburbs of Sydney, and we put these heads together, and we sent them all off around Australia, and in and the end,
2: then, yeah, and then we, around the
0: world, and then around the world we got into exporting. We became very successful with it, and we started supplying big-name manufacturers like Honda, Steel, and Makita and stuff like that with brush cutter heads.
1: Wow. Now, that's a fascinating story. And since then, like how long did, did it take you to get to that level of success?
0: We
2: were doing other businesses as well because that one, it was quite leveraged. It, it was it's very seasonal. Once we got it going. So, yeah. once we got it going, and, and that's the other thing we're good at with systemizing, trying stuff, figuring it out, and working what processes work well and so we only had to really work in that business about six months of the year. And so that's why we were able to start then working on other businesses and we started buying other businesses and renovating them and selling them. And and that's what kind of got us into that process of, okay, we can buy an asset, add value, and then sell it for more than we bought it for.
0: And um, so that's what we did. So they're always...
2: Uh, so that was... About 10 years 10 or 15 years no 10 years. 10 years
0: it was, exact, it was almost exactly 10 years yeah when we sold it overnight success it wasn't it was 10 years <laughs> yeah. and the other thing that is important leading to our story we learned running manufacturing businesses is really tricky and same as wholesale import businesses which is what we also did because you're always constantly reinvesting every last cent you have into this thing called stock so, you have all your widgets, product, whatever it is, yeah. your your product that you physically sell, you have to store it somewhere, you have to stick, that's your cash bank. And it becomes very difficult to to manage. It, it's harder than a, than a service business or other businesses out there. It's also very lucrative if you get it right, don't get me wrong. But I think that massively influenced Liz and I in our journey and why we just took to being online like ducks to water. It was it, it's so different being online. We, we, To this day, we do not touch businesses that involve physical stock because I feel it held us back mm. um, because we've never had spare cash flow because every last cent would have to go back into the business, whereas now it's completely different. We're selling just electrons. There's no stock. The cash flow is ours.
1: Coming up after the break. We'll take a look at how matt and liz rad initially jumped into property investment
0: i just took a massive risk and it worked yep <laughs>
2: sometimes <laughs> you gotta that
0: it. It. We, <laughs> won't, we won't say what bank that was with and back in those days lending was a lending little was a bit, bit, bit different, different back then yes was, i don't
2: think the checks and
0: balances no, were in places would, as they were you now. certainly wouldn't get away with that these days but that's the truth of how we started with property.
1: How they've managed to continue to grow their profits by online real estate.
2: We've always done that kind of strategy. And over time, I think the consistency of doing that over time means that we've built up a lot of wealth um, and we haven't taken huge risks.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shubb and you're listening to Property Investory. Are you interested in small investments with big profits? If the answer is yes, then check out Matt and Liz's free training series that can show you how to buy and renovate cash flow websites. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash online. When you sign up, you get access to 4 powerful and practical video training series to help you find and purchase online cash flow properties. I personally watch these videos and highly recommend learning from Matt and Liz as they are experts at this. To get access to your free series, visit propertyinvestory.com forward slash online. Before becoming the online experts they are well known for in the market, the couple share how they bought their first property.
2: That was our own house, so um, yeah. and um, yep, and so our very first. I laugh now, gosh, because people, people, first home buyers spend what five hundred or seven hundred thousand oh, dollars. How much was our and first? And our price? first house was one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars.
0: Can I tell the story how I got the, the loan?
2: Oh yeah, so,
0: the, 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 it's so because it was ago. when we
2: were very. It was quite early in our business career as well, so yeah, we never had much. We had cash no flow. money, so basically,
0: and... the bank ma- I I won't say I lied to the bank manager <laughs> to get the loan. But he told me how it works, he said, Matt, you have to show me how much money you earn. I said, well, I don't earn anything. He goes, can you get a letter off your accountant? I said, sure, done. And that's how I did it. And then because I was a director of the company, which had nothing, all the money was tied up in stock and stuff, I just wrote a, a, I did a PG, a personal guarantee, and also wrote a letter that said, to whom it may concern, I state and claim that next year, in this financial year, I will earn X amount of money because I asked the bank manager, What number does that need to be? And he just said, Write that down. And I just signed it. I just took a massive risk and it worked.
2: Yep. <laughs> Sometimes
0: <laughs> you got to do something. We won't say what bank that was <laughs> with. And back in those days, lending was a lending little was a bit, bit different back then. Yes. It I was, don't think the
2: checks and balances were
0: quite
2: no, in as they were you now. You certainly
0: wouldn't get away with that these days. But that's the truth of how we started with property. And that was a And Liz, like I said, Liz luckily was really good at property and very passionate about it.
1: That's awesome. Let's paint the timeline. When was that roughly? Do you remember which year?
0: That was when we got married,
2: 1998. 22, 24 or something, 23?
0: When we bought our first property, yeah. And then so we did the strategy where I'm sure a a lot of your um, guests teach this where we, we bought our own property, we renovated it, we got it revalued, and again, spoke to the bank in glowing terms, and they read. They let us borrow some money uh, for an investment property. property.
2: So then we bought another flat, and renovated that, and that
0: worked really well. Yep. And we got them cash flow positive. Yeah. We were because we yeah we were cash flow positive. We couldn't
2: be negatively. That's geared. right.
0: That's another thing. Maybe we should mention to people yeah. that's really influenced our journey. I just realised that we have always been about cash flow because yeah. we couldn't ever borrow money easily. We needed cash flow, so back in our day when we were doing, we were hanging around a lot of property investors, and we're also hanging around a lot of very successful, high net worth business people as well. And they were all telling us you should gear right up and and all that sort of thing, but we couldn't. And they were what they're showing—they would just constantly keep gearing up and buying more and more property or more and more businesses. We hit a limit, like maybe some of your listeners are, so we had to find properties that would allow us to be more cash flow positive. So, we didn't get high growth properties as such. They were more cash flow positive. So, the rents basically covered the interest payments.
1: Coming back to to the property that you purchased for investment purposes, that unit, was it somewhere that was local around in Sydney or was that um, a little bit further?
2: It was Wollongong. Wollongong. Yeah. We ended up selling that one. Um, we doubled our money. No, I think we tripled on that one. Oh, we
0: tripled. Yeah. yeah. So, that and was... Then-
2: and then, yeah, because remember, that was a high growth time. Well, we renovated it
0: really. We did a full reno. And then and we it. bought two
2: other properties.
1: After having success with their properties, the couple shared the types of properties they bought, sold and renovated in the past.
0: We always tended to, Tyrone, because we, we of Liz and my background where we lived, we tended to buy in pretty rough suburbs. So, there was a, so they were cheap houses to get into but the reason we did that was because we came up with this strategy whereby if you buy a cheap house in a rough suburb, you're always gonna get a tenant. So we, we couldn't afford to not have a tenant in our houses. That was the most important thing and we needed that high cash flow. So we noted, noticed in these rough suburbs, and for ourselves, we lived in a beautiful place called Redfern back then in, in its day. And so we, we were happy to live in rough suburbs. Um, and then we moved out into a rough suburb out in the country. But that was kind of our strategy. So, our next big investment ones we bought up in Brisbane. Not saying it was rough in that particular, it was pretty rough. um,
2: We'll mention the area. But then, um, and then we did, um, I bought up the next house that we bought, um, it was a subdividable block. So, um, I bought it specifically so we could renovate that house subdivide it then build another house we built moved into the new house sold the old house yeah so we'd always do things like that and that always looking for things that we could add value to
1: the intelligent couple have always focused on an ad value strategy to turn the properties over to reinvest the capital and then to move on to the next deal
2: we're quite secure like matt said at the beginning we're very security conscious and quite conservative really and we like needed not cash want, flow yeah so we've always done that kind of strategy and over time i think The consistency of doing that over time means that we've built up a lot of wealth and we haven't taken huge risks.
1: As the Radjew have jumped across many different things throughout their journey, it is inevitable to have some challenges along the way.
2: I was happy with all our properties. like The the properties we bought, none of of those were a problem. We've not ever had a problem with a a resident, like a a property investment. Touchwood. Touchwood? Yeah. Because we've always been so conservative, I guess. Um,
0: We always made cash flow covered. Yeah covered
2: online probably the the biggest mistake we made so when we first got in it again we were very conservative we're very like and initially i mean probably my biggest regret is we didn't buy more sooner but we were more conservative so that's how it goes but (laughs) probably our biggest mistake was we bought we got got cocky we thought yeah we can do this and we bought an app at, at one point in our journey. <laughs> yeah, <goodness laughs> and, me. Oh my God. Because we're used to these websites that are pretty hands-off. We don't really do a lot. Day to day there's not nah. much to be done on these websites. So we were used to that. And then we bought this app because it was making it makes a lot of money and we thought cool, awesome opportunity growing really, really fast. But suddenly we had to have a development team, we had to have keep up with Multiple Apple development yeah, teams. Apple updates. Instead of going from monthly stuff, we're going to daily active users. And I just was like, oh man. <laughs> so yeah, that was our biggest mistake. Don't get cocky and think that you know it all when you it's it's kind of like if we bought a heap of residential properties and then suddenly said, hell, we're good at this, let's buy a commercial and jump in all, all guns blazing. It it's that same sort of idea, I think. Gradually increasing your knowledge and and understanding a marketplace before you jump in and starting small in any marketplace and that's what we've always done and I think we should stick to that strategy.
0: Yes Liz. (laughs) I get
2: excited I get excited but yes
0: um, we will stick to that strategy. We will stick to
2: that strategy.
0: And for us our personal opinion too is we don't get involved in businesses with stock anymore.
1: despite some obstacles along their journey the couple delve into their amazing aha moment where everything just clicked for them
2: i think well for me it was that first 1000 dollar check yeah oh when i got that first 1000 dollar check in the mail back then it was in the mail i just went oh yes this works from, um, clickbank. from clickbank it was back in you know right the first website and um, and, um, and that was a really good feeling. It's like, okay, yes, okay, this, this does work. This is going to happen. Um, and that was my kind of confirmation to say, all right, yes, we're, we're heading in the right direction.
0: And for me, it was a site that led to a few other sites. And once we we was making $2,000 a month when we bought it, we renovated it, we basically doubled it to 4000 a month. And then we just got it to consistently make us Anywhere from five to six thousand dollars a month, and it was just perfect. It was that feeling of being in the flow, and we really didn't touch that site very much at all from there on in. We just added a little bit of content and our team managed it, and it was it was just effortless. And that's that's net profit. So every single month we'd make five to six, sometimes seven thousand dollars a month, depending on the time of year. And it's just an affiliate site, there's no stock, and I'd said to Liz, this is awesome. So we just and we were buying other sites, but those particular sites for me were the the flow that sort of stood the, out as the turning moment because that happened pretty early in our journey.
1: Gosh, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, we kept those sites for years, many many years.
1: Do you still have those sites, or have you sold them off?
0: We sold them off. And I look at them; they're still going strong. And and it was a um, like a corporate company that bought them and i look at them and go yeah at the time
2: because sometimes you want the cash like it it was a nice big opportunity okay well we can invest that in something that's going to grow because they weren't growing anymore they were they were just standing there and being nice cash flow but um
0: we were the leaders in the niche and and i was pretty proud of that too i i that's they were the sites where i learned all about seo and i just nailed it they were they were perfect
1: The couple delve deeper into the first few properties they purchased online and elaborate on how they found them.
0: That's a really interesting story because when we first bought those ones, so these days there are marketplaces out there for buying and selling websites. It's an evolved market and you can go to brokers, there are website brokers and back then there was nothing like that. So we actually bought that site So because there's one big bit of our story that's missing here Tyrone which is Liz and I got really good at buying and selling businesses. And we became professionals at doing that as business brokers and we're buying and selling them on behalf of high net worths back in
1: Sydney. Are you talking about physical bricks and mortar businesses?
0: Physical bricks and mortar businesses and and only manufacturing or wholesale import businesses because that's our specialty. So we got really good at it. And when we saw what was happening online, basically what Liz said to me was, why the hell are we trying to build websites when we can just do what we've always done in the past for the last 10 years is just buy, renovate, and fix them up. And so Liz, the legend, just treated it like she does with a real estate or with businesses. She started looking around online. This was back in 2009, looking around to, well, where the hell do you buy a website? No one's doing this. And this was before any of these marketplaces like Flippers, the big one, that didn't even exist back then. So coming back to this awesome website that we bought and fixed up, um, Liz actually found that on eBay it site point or that eBay? Was eBay that one was on that eBay, eBay. <laughs> which we do not <laughs> recommend a these days place to
2: buy a website
0: but we didn't know where else to start so and then we also had direct approach people we that's how we came up with all our strategy but that was the history of that site so we bought that one on eBay which is the most unlikely place on the planet to buy a, a, a good really website. good website and yeah the rest worked from there and because Liz already knew how to build websites and she'd already earned her first thousand dollars online um it was We were really good at renovating that particular site.
1: After listening to Matt and Raz share the fascinating story where they found themselves in online real estate We'll keep the conversation going in a future episode on Property Investory where we take a look at their winning strategies.
2: It is as simple as in terms of the strategy. So we are, we're longer term strategists so we kind of apply all our business knowledge and all our business strategies that we've learned over the years and we just applied that to online.
1: The people who inspired them along their journey that ultimately helped them create incredible online property businesses.
0: One of my big influences is seriously someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger because I looked at him and just really admired him because he started with nothing, absolutely nothing and he became who he was and incredibly successful in all areas of his life.
1: And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Also, for being a loyal listener of the podcast, I've asked Matt and Liz to provide a special offer for the Digital Profits Program that can show you how to buy and renovate cash flow websites. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com. Forward slash online course to claim your offer. Now, when you sign up, you get access to an exclusive training in buying positive cash flow websites and building an online portfolio that generates income from automated sources. I personally watch these videos and highly recommend learning from Matt and Liz as they're experts at this. To claim your special offer, simply visit propertyinvest3.com forward slash online course.